Hi guys and welcome back to the Living Single Mom podcast. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Woo! Okay, so a little introduction if you're new. This is the Living Single Mom podcast. This podcast is about my life over the course of some years as a young mom, as a mom, dating, highs, lows, drama, funny stuff, what's going on today and in the now, and etc, etc, etc. I'm exploring new topics, diving into stuff. If you need a laugh, if you think that this podcast will be something that your friend or your mom, your aunt, your good Judy would like, share this. I am on Instagram as The Living Single Mom. I'm on Twitter as The Living Single Mom. And I have a Facebook page for my podcast called The Living Single Mom Podcast. How y'all doing? Oh, Lord. Child, we waiting on these votes. Count them up. Count every single last one of them. But in all seriousness, this is like so stressful. My anxiety right now with the waiting, all of the red states that I see. And I live in Arkansas and it's a red state and I'm just so ashamed. Ugh, the South. Damn this Bible belt. But I mean, y'all just hold on to your seats because... Keep praying. Y'all praying? I hope y'all praying. I hope y'all didn't stop praying. You got to keep praying now. We can't stop at all. We almost there. But baby, if I ain't anxious, if my anxiety ain't kicking my butt, I've been snacking. I've been praying. I've been drinking wine. And I've been praying. And I've been snacking. And I've been snacking. Yes, because I'm still quarantining. Still quarantining. The pandemic is still here. Baby, if it's up to me, the pandemic and the current president would both be gone. Trump and COVID could exit on the same day. Okay? Oh, holy jubilee if they could. But y'all, we can't get weary in our well-doing. We've done our part. We voted. I hope you voted. Every little vote counts, y'all. But this is the craziest I've ever seen it. And just going to keep praying and waiting. And y'all... I pray for you. You pray for me. Just wait. Let's 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 try to stay out the refrigerator as much as possible. I know it's kind of been tough for me, <laughs> but let's stay out of the refrigerator as much as possible. Oh, but if you can't, girl, go ahead and snack. Eat that honey bun. Get that wine, and make you drink, make sure you drink some water too. Okay. Okay. So let's get into it. Okay. Let's get into this episode. <laughs> Girlfriends. Um. Girlfriends. So, Girlfriends is a show that aired in, I believe, like in 2000 ish through like 2008. Um, it was produced and written by, I believe, Mara Brock Akil. And um, she's the creator of the show. It's such a great sitcom, y'all. Um, the characters are Joan, Tony, uh, Maya, and Lynn. And we can't forget our honorary fifth girlfriend, William. But I'm here to talk about this show a little bit and the importance of girlfriends, y'all. Not only the show, but in real life. Check it. Okay. Um, I just want to start by saying the intro song of Girlfriends. My 
girlfriend, my girlfriend. Baby, who wrote that? Was it Jingles 2000? Wasn't they on it? Ain't it catchy? Oh, every which way I can sing it all day. But the jingle, the intro song, it's just so catchy. Like, how could you not sing that song all the time? Girlfriends. I'm saying, man. But um, as a youngster, I'm gonna be honest. When the first, when the show first came out, I believe I was in maybe junior high, middle school, something of that sort. All the way up through high school, a little bit of college. Um, I didn't appreciate the show as much as I should have. I didn't value the show as much as I should have. Um, I was young. And a lot of the things that they were doing were funny to me. But I didn't know years later that I would be able to relate to the characters of this great show. Okay? So... When it came back on on Netflix, I was like, okay, this is my time to go back, rewatch. Cause I kind of left it. Like I don't remember the last episode or the full season that I saw. So I was like, yes, I'm gonna take advantage of this. I need to watch. I need to figure out what Joan, Tony, Maya, and Lynn had going on. I need to figure this out. And I need to come back and watch because who don't like being watching a good show? Cause guess guess what else we got to do? <laughs> Nothing. Quarantining. Quarantining. So, yeah. So, where do I want to start? I started with the jingle. Yes, we love the intro song, We Live. And I believe Angie Stone is singing that, if I'm not wrong. If I'm not mistaken, I think so. But love the intro. Who I want to start with first? Hmm. I'm going to start with Lynn. Now... Lynn was a bird of a different feather. She was a peculiar bird. She was different, you know, but she was a good different. You know what I mean? She was a free-spirited. She was um, sexy. She was in tune with her sexuality. She was, you know, just the free spirit of the group. And I actually really liked that about her, that she was just so free. Um, she was um, mixed and she grew up and she was half Caucasian, half black. And she grew up in a, a ho- white household. So she really didn't get to experience a lot of her African-American side because she grew up with a white mom. She was adopted. She grew up with a white mom and dad. And they lived, I believe, in like, Um, Seattle or somewhere like that and so she really wasn't in tune with her black side and she wasn't in tune with her whole self because you know she was mixed she had never met her biological parents so she wasn't all the way in tune with herself and she stayed from couch to couch like girl she was on Joan couch she was on Tony couch I believe she lived with William for a little while like The girl was on couch to couch and she just didn't know what to do with herself. She had went to school, gotten all these degrees and was figuring herself out, but really did not know what to do with herself or the degrees, you know? 
And that's like a lot of people. When you go to school, sometimes you don't really know what you want to do starting off. You kind of find your way. But it took Kalina a little bit longer to find her way. But I like that the character spoke to the black girl who was different, you know? Um, different music, different style. And, and dare I even say, you know, quirky and weird. And I myself, I am a little quirky. If you ever get to meet me, I say some of the weirdest things. I word things differently. I can be a little awkward sometimes. So I can identify with the like um, quirkiness about Lynn. And she was very, um, like I said, she was very in tune with her sexuality, which gave us the assumption that she really doesn't catch feelings, you know, that she can go from one guy to the next, even a woman. Sometimes she threw a woman in there too. <laughs> she got down with the get down. Okay, girl, get it how you live, Lynn. But it gave us the assumption that, you know, she wasn't really into like a relationship or she didn't really catch feelings like that. Or she didn't attach really quickly to people. Because she would just go from like one guy to the next, into the next, into the next. And you know, she would stay with him for a little while. But eh, you know, she was a fly-by-night type of girl. Until Finn came along. Now, if y'all remember Finn, Finn was actually the guy who her brother, she met her biological brother. And he, he came to L.A., and he was auditioning for a band and Finn was over a band and she was like helping her brother sing the song. And so her and Finn kind of like meshed like through music or whatever. And so she was a little bit more emotional with him. We saw a little bit more of her emotional side with Finn. Now Finn wasn't no looking to me. That's just me. But obvious, obviously, <laughs> Lynn saw something in Finn that I did not see. And that's cool. But she showed her a softer side with him. And um, he was not the guy who wanted to settle down. Like, he had groupies. He had girls here and there. And she knew it, but she fell for him. And she fell for him hard. And I think it was because of the love of their, uh, the love they have for music. And um, I was really, really happy to see her finally, you know, grow into her music side and write songs and really find something that she was passionate about and kind of go forth with it, even after Finn. Okay, now let's talk about Maya. That was my girl. I am here for Maya, okay? Like, she was the spicy one. And we all need a little spice in our life. She was spicy. I'm from the hood. Don't try me. Um, all about my son and my husband and my family. And she was also very comical. Like, she brought the comedy to the show. She was very, very com comical. She had little hits, little shady moments. It was just really, really like, oh, Maya, she low-key could be my homegirl. But... I really loved her character. She seemed so drama free until she started playing with Stan. Now Stan was the guy she met in the elevator at work. I believe he worked on one of the floors in her building and she started playing with Stan. 
stand Maya, why you do that? Maya. 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 Maya, why did you start Maya, why did you start playing with Stan? Okay, why? Why? But she did. She had a whole emotional affair with him. They never slept together, but she was connected to him emotionally. Like she had known Darnell, her husband, all of her life through high school. She had never dated anyone else. And Stan comes along. He's interesting. He's different. He's funny. And she just kind of like it's clinging to him. But she thinks she has it under control. But she does not. Because they go to lunch a lot. And he ends up buying her a gift. And she even has to lie to Darnell about who gave her the, lift, uh, the gift. I believe she said it came from Joan. But anywho. So she decides after talking to her girlfriends and seeing Stan more and realizing that she's kind of a shitty person for cheating on her husband. <laughs> she decides to cut it off and tell him like, hey, I don't want to see you anymore. And of course, he didn't take it well because guess what he did? Guess what Stan did? Stan showed up at her house. Listen how he got there. He befriended Maya's husband, Darnell, at the basketball court. Darnell invites him over like, hey, Maya, you want to come play the game? Dar Stan like, yeah. Maya walks in, sees her husband and the man she's been cheating on her husband with sitting in her living room playing the game. Woo! Baby, I hollered for her. Oh, my God. We caught. Good and caught. I surrender. <laughs> I surrender. It was, I don't know how she held it together because, baby, I would have been in pieces. But Darnell ends up finding out that she was cheating on him. Like, she wasn't going to tell him, but it was a butt dial. They got it caught off. Like, the butt dial, she accidentally called Darnell, and it left him a voice and a message of her talking about it with her friends. And which led to them getting divorced, or well, separated, and then divorced. But in hindsight, it actually did her some good, because Baby Girl went on to write a book. She got herself together. She, um, I think she even enrolled in some classes. And her and Darnell end up getting back together later on in the show, which was so sweet. Because, like, you know, sometimes some mess, some bullshit can actually be like a wake-up call sometimes. And I'm glad that was like that for her. I really, really was happy that they got back together. I don't know why. It was like it was, I was like, woo, yes, they back together. I don't know. I guess maybe because it was the strongest marriage on the show and I really, really wanted it to work. Okay. Um, Tony Childs. <laughs> Tony, I think it was Tony Marie Childs. Tony Childs. Um, who never got Jabari's name right. Like, um, Tony, why did you never get Jabari's name right? She called her boy Jujubee, Junebug, uh, Joanna Man. Tony. This child's name is Jobari. It's simple. She never got that baby's name right. But Tony was the epitome of bougie and self-absorbed. Uh, she was all about herself. 
She was all about what Tony wants. She's from Fresno. I'm from country. I'm not going back. So I'm going to do anything I need to do to stay on top by any means necessary. Um, her and Jones' friendship was, whoo, baby, they had issues, issues, issues. Oh, my God. Joan and Tony, child. Iyala fixed his friendship. Please come in here and help them. But um, she dated one of Joan's ex-boyfriends. Like this is her best friend. Now Joan, Maya, and Lynn all went to college together. So, you know, they're tight. Joan has been there for forever for Tony, and Tony has been there for forever for Joan. So they're kind of like each other's uh crutch. I'll say that. So she dated one of Joan's ex-boyfriends, right? He had the nerve enough to come to Joan's house with the ex-boyfriend. Now, Joan was a whole lot better than me because she would have never got across that threshold with dude. Period. See, I don't have to worry about my friends doing no foolishness like that. Not at all. When you, when you got good people, I got good people. So we don't do stuff like that. I don't want your ex to be my next. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Not as my friend. No, ma'am. So, she dated one of um, Joan's ex-boyfriends and... Then Joan accidentally told on her um, some weeks down the road, maybe months down the road, she accidentally told uh, Tony's boyfriend at the time, who was Greg, that she basically had been cheating on him and she had gotten an STD. And like she told him that she had an STD, but he was thinking maybe he gave it to her, but she actually got it from the guy she was uh, cheating on Greg with. And it's like, that's why you can't be sleeping around. Uh-uh. See, clank, clank, lock it up. Put that, uh-uh. They're right there is exactly why you cannot sleep around. Because the STDs don't care who they catch, okay? They don't care. So, um, they reconciled at church one Sunday. And I remember Donnie McClurkin was singing, We fall down, get back up again. Baby, they went to a church on the episode. And she was crying. John was crying. They reconciled. And all was supposed to be right with the world. But Tony was going through. Like, she had some really, really good highs. Like, her real estate business uh, took off. She was able to buy office. She was doing really, really good for a while. And she got married. But then... Her and her husband didn't know each other very long. And they, shit, the shit went kaput quick. So, she got pregnant and she just did not, you know, get that motherly touch and motherly side really quickly. Like uh, some mothers, it was just harder for her to have to worry about another soul beside herself. Like, because... You know, she's self-absorbed. She's selfish. Everything is revolving around her, what she wants. And now she has this little baby who is requiring more of her, requiring more of her. And she kind of is just like, I don't know, it's too... I believe she left the baby, like, locked in the house one time. It was terrible. So her and uh, Todd are just, like, on the rocks. They're divorcing. He's like, I want Morgan because you're an unfit mother. Blase, blase. Baby, Todd took her through there. I didn't know if my girl was going to make it because she just had a rough time. Like, she lost her office space because things got really tight financially. And I didn't even know. Y'all, I watched the episode that Kelly Rowland was on. And Kelly Rowland helped a guy rob her. Oh, my gosh. I believe it's in season, like, six 
or seven because I think I'm on seven now. So maybe they have it in six. Okay. So check that out. It is an episode with Kelly Rowland and she likes helps this guy rob her. And like she was just, she her car was stolen because of that. And it was just terrible. But by the grace of God, <laughs> when they were in that courtroom, Todd dismissed the charges like he didn't want to go through with it he didn't want to fight this uh nasty custody battle with her anymore I guess he had realized that on that stand that she had been through enough and he did not want to take Morgan away from her full-time at all because literally that's pretty much all she was had she had right now was her baby and her friends but um that's where her relationship or her friendship with Joan hits the rocks again. Because while Tony was going through, Joan was really like winning. And she wasn't there for them as much. Now, Joan was kind of like the, she was a successful um, attorney. She was kind of like the glue of the friendship. And she, they crowded around her. They were always, always at her house, spending gatherings there. Y'all, single de Mayo holiday time. She always had a jingle or a jango. And, you know, Joan was very emotional. She was um, very quick to jump to conclusions. She was kind of high strung, a little anal. She was, uh, her career was successful but she wasn't as successful in the area of men until she met Brock which was the dark chocolate uh Malik Yoba and they hit it off really well besides her like cheating on her boyfriend to be with him yeah that was kind of messed up but sometimes it happens but he didn't want kids and she wanted a family she wanted to be married and he didn't and I didn't realize how how high strong Joan was like she was just really like like I just want to say Joan calm down it's gonna be okay like you're hyperventilating you're overreacting about every single thing like calm down sis calm down so she eventually decides she doesn't want to be an attorney anymore right so she opens up a restaurant it does well but then it it goes kaput and I believe William comes in and saves the day like he normally does for them. And they open, they rename it to the J-Spot. And it starts doing really, really well. And she becomes like an it girl. She's invited to parties, rubbing elbows with socialites. And that's what led to her demise with her friendship with Tony. Because Tony was so used to Joan being there. And Joan went to a party one night and she missed the hearing for the custody battle between her and Todd. And that really just like kind of entered their friendship. I think that's where I am now. It's on the episodes where Tony isn't there. I'm going to have to keep watching to see what's really going on there. But as you can see, the show was just full of a lot of things. Emotions, drama, through all the shenanigans, the holidays spent at Jones, um, Lynn finding her father, Maya's divorce from Darnell, Tony becoming a new mom, Jones breakup with Brock, um, Tony um, kind of like going through a terrible divorce, um, Maya's book, 
uh, and it doing very well. Lynn finally finding herself and figuring out what she wanted to do and what her passion was. They were going through a lot, y'all. And I didn't realize that when I was younger, like everything that they were going through. And now that I'm older, I can just be like, oh man, I can relate. I'm really, really engaged in the show. And it's just so, so good to see four different African-American women going through all of this, all of these things, but still finding moments of triumph, you know? And that's why it's important that you have strong friends, you have a strong tribe of girlfriends, you know? And that's what the show was about. Like, I have my girlfriends. Yes, I'm going through stuff. Yes, life is hard. Yes, things don't go my way all the time. Yes, I might be going through. Yes, I may not have passed this. Yes, I may have been experiencing a breakup. I uh, may not be able to get pregnant. I don't know what I want to do with my life. I'm confused about this. But I have a tribe of girlfriends to lean on. And that is what the show is about. I myself, I have the best tribe of girlfriends. Period, point, in the blank. And as a woman... Of a certain age, I like to say, even though I'm really not that young. I'm not that old. Um, Yeah, you need your girlfriends. You need your girlfriends. Don't ever feel like you have to do life by yourself. Because your girlfriends are a group of people who choose you and you choose them. Okay? I'm going to say that one more time. Your girlfriends are a group of people who you choose and they choose you back. It's not necessarily your blood family, but it's a special family that has sprouted off of us just choosing each other, you know? And like I said, I got the best tribe of girlfriends, period. Point in the blank, okay? And don't try them either. Don't. But I say all that to say, this show just showed me, like watching it now is so much enjoyment. Because I can see like how friendships can go kaput. Yes, I've had friendships that I don't have today. And yes, I have friendships like my best friend and I, we've been best friends since kindergarten. And, you know, you don't get that a lot. And I cherish that. And as these women on this show were going through life, ups and downs, they were able to lean on each other. And that's what girlfriends are about. Being able to lean on someone. You know, when your husband get on your nerves, when your child get on your nerves, when the business is getting on your nerves, you're going to need a girlfriend or girlfriends to say, hey, let's go drink, drink some wine and unwind and talk about all this shit that's going on. Like this election, man. Oh, my God. Okay, come back. Because I almost went to another place. Let me reel it back in. Okay, cool. So... Yes, ladies, find you a tribe of great girlfriends. Watch Girlfriends on Netflix. We ain't got nothing else to do. We waiting on these election results. We quarantining. Watch it on Netflix. You're going to enjoy it if you have not. It's like, child, please. Woo, the relation, honey. The relatability. Crazy. But y'all be easy. Be safe. Wash your hands. Uh, Eat your fruits and veggies. 
Oh, I forgot to talk about William. Now, William was the fifth girlfriend. I'll say this really quickly before I wrap up. William was the fifth girlfriend. He was always around, always having their back. Therefore, them to whine and bitch and complain to about their lives. And he was an all-around good guy. Him and Joan tried to do... I don't know why they tried to do that. They were good friends, and it just didn't work. They tried to get together, and y'all, it was a mess. But anyway, shout out to William as well. We need Williams. We need more Williams out here. Just out here being good good men, good black men. Amen? Amen. Y'all be easy. Please wear your mask. Um, please say your prayers. Eat your fruit and veggies. Wash your hands. Don't go out if you don't have to go out. If you do, wear a mask. Be safe, be easy. And I'm going to see y'all uh, soon after this election is over. Lord, I'm still stressed. But y'all be easy. See ya.